Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies, I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show is absolutely incredible. Or anime. And under this mask is another mask. (laughs) (laughs) You can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts, and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Rabona Podcast. Once again, I'm Musa Konga, joined by Ryan Hun and Michael De Silva to discuss the biggest game of the weekend, Spurs-Liverpool, Liverpool-Spurs. Michael, let's get straight into it. <laughs> I'm sorry, Michael. <laughs> oh no. It was yeah. unfair. It was unfair to start with. That Michael. was really no, mean. No. It's sorry. okay. It's okay. I've had just about enough time to get used to it. Yeah, it was uh, it was tough to take. Obviously, as a Spurs fan, it was um, it was a good performance for a lot of the game. Um, they did so well to claw their way back into it and stem Liverpool because Liverpool were were superb in the first half. Um, but yeah, obviously to throw it away at the end like they did, I think Hugo Lloris. It's it's about time that Tottenham seriously thought about his long term position at, at Spurs because he's made several errors that have cost them in big games and you know it's hugely disappointing because Spurs had a big advantage over the other teams below them and now there's four teams chasing two Champions League places and just so unnecessary and self-inflicted the error wasn't it I mean it was that he seemed to fall he fell at the same time he was trying to maybe parry it and in the act of falling yeah. lost his balance and knocked it away yeah I don't know he had to catch it I mean the ball wasn't moving fast. He had to just grab it and hang on to it. But if he is going to elect to punch it or parry it in that position, it has to be way out of danger. And then Alderweireld could have done more, but he kind of got his feet in a mess. But by that time, it was kind of too can, late. Can I, can I kind of sound harsh about Loris quickly? All keepers make howlers, right? That happens a little. But Loris does them at the worst possible times. Yeah. Almost cost France qualification for the World Cup. Yeah. France were cruising in the World Cup. Sweden. Yeah, right. right. France were cruising in the World Cup final. They were 4-1 up, cruising, and then Mm -hmm. he made a horrendous error. He makes these these mistakes when his... It's almost like, I don't know if it's concentration or... I don't know if he deals with... I think it's... Well, now it's become a confidence thing because it's happened several times. um, And I feel like he goes into games trying to do his best, but almost knowing that he has that error in him. Mm -hmm. And that has eroded his confidence big time but you need your goalkeeper to be consistent I was at Spurs Dortmund at the start of March and sorry well Dortmund's in Dortmund and Lloris made two or three absolutely fantastic saves he really did play a huge part in Spurs getting into the quarterfinals of the Champions League but if for every great performance there's going to be a howler like this you you can't legislate for that and Spurs have a really really good um, second choice keeper in Paolo Gazzaniga sitting on the bench. He um, he's from the same town, by the way, as Pochettino All right. <laughs> in Argentina. And he, whenever he's come into the team, he played against Arsenal in the in the cup, and he was absolutely superb in that game. And I think Spurs or Pochettino specifically needs to make a tough decision on Lloris now. Time for the change of the guard, maybe. He has quite a worried face, Hugo Lloris. <laughs> he does. He looks very worried all the time. He kind of looks like he's, every time the ball goes near him. It's going to happen again. Oh no, oh no, the ball's coming towards me. I can draw a bit of a contrast here with, I know it's other end of the pitch, but Gonzalo Higuain retired from Argentine national duty. And when he retired, he left a really mournful statement. He was like, at least you haven't got to worry about me anymore to that effect. And I just feel like these players carry responsibility so heavily. And I think, you know, we had a chat before, Ryan, about this on the previous podcast, I think, when you said, you know, you blame FIFA to some extent because FIFA... Makes for Lloris's mistakes. Well, no, no, no. You're, so you made the point that FIFA makes us forget that these players are human. Yeah. And when we see them make these howlers, we're like, 
you know, actually, that should happen more often. It, 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 and a high-pressure match, like w- w- when I see great players or elite players make these terrible mistakes, it reminds you just what the scrutiny's like, you know, just... But goalkeepers uh, know what they're signing up for. I mean, their mistakes are analysed yeah. in far more detail. And if an outfield player makes a big mistake, there's a yeah. far more chance of them getting away with it without it being a direct um, reason for a goal. Mm. However, I I don't have that much sympathy. No, it's not. It's not. It's not. It's not so much um, an excuse as justification. As justification of that, it's more like when you see a golfer miss a six foot putt. Maybe it's a similar like the yips. Like you know, or sometimes when you see a player, you see sometimes you see a striker. Well, I said, look at look at look at Carius in the final Champions mm. League. When you see the ball coming and it's not even moving, but you freeze mm. because in that moment it's all too much. And I think it's just fascinating that these elite players still have these moments of complete, you know. Yeah, implosion. I mean, there's some there's things like that that you can allow if you like or yeah. understand. But also, there's some very basic stuff that keepers do that I can remember our goalkeepers getting trained in when we were like 10, 11 years old. Actually, Alison got away with one. Mm. Oh yeah, when, early in his time, yeah. yeah. No, no, in the game in the weekend where he, um, I think it was Kane had a left foot shot or right foot maybe and, and Alisson just parried it straight out to the to like the penalty spot and yeah. Ericsson followed up and if it wasn't uh, for Andy yeah. Robertson getting a foot in it would have been a... There was also been... another moment in the first half where he misjudged a, a long ball towards his penalty box and Ali almost nipped in. Yeah. Um, I think Becker's kind of, he's one well, of, he's an accident waiting to happen. But the thing I'm talking about <laughs> is just like the direction of where you, if you can't handle it, because it's impossible to handle some stuff. So it, it was always, you know, where you push the ball away to. And I think that was the main thing about Larissa's error was if he suspected that he couldn't have handled it, he could have pushed it elsewhere. But that's one of the first it. things you learn as a goalkeeper. Exactly. That's what. That's, yeah, that's my point. Like, he didn't make a decision, did he? Do you remember like, there was an era? I mean, there was definitely an era when football changed, when you watch goalkeepers go from catching it to parrying it. And I think it started with Italian football. You see people like Pagliuca. Pagliuca, you'd be like, he could have caught that. And he would just smack it. Like he would yeah. punch it 20 yards. You're like, what is he doing? But then after a while, you'd realise... That it was a sight, there was a method to it. He would angle yeah. it, he would punch it, mm. and he, he wouldn't punch it straight back down the pitch. He'd, he'd punch it out to the wings. Mm. You start a counter or just get it out of the danger zone in a really yeah. clever way. Yeah. This was the thing that you saw a lot of the old school pundits have a real problem with when it started creeping into the Premier League, where mm. it was commonplace on the continent for years where keepers would punch the ball. Mm. And then, how many times have we heard a, an ex pro on a panel just being like, he needs to catch it? Why is he punching it? Why is it punching it? And you've seen in this scenario while keepers do punch it, there's a right. reason for punching it. Yeah. yeah if you punch it it's miles away from the goal yeah but you know it wouldn't be the first time that UK football's dismissed no, no. something that was actually very valid <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean with with Larissa, I've noticed since the start of 2018 right was the start of his I don't know what you want to call it his uh, decline maybe well, descent it's harsh well harsh yeah, he's, yeah he's declines a bit well Maybe it is accurate. Mm. I don't know. He is 32. Goalkeepers can go on a bit, but yeah, I mean... He's... With him, it's not age though, is it? It's something else. It's That's concentration. Not mm. It's not with It's not with Lloris. No because way. he's always had that rick in him. Yeah. He's always had... It was like the Bartes thing at United. Bartes, you never knew. but And from early in his career, Bartes could play a blinding game. Look yeah. at this World Cup semi-final against Croatia. Yeah. But then he would do what he did at Highbury against Arsenal. The first time I really goals. noticed Lloris... A, a, Big proper howler in a big game was against Manchester City. The Yeti had Spurs got absolutely hammered six one, I think it was, or no six nil, few few years ago, and it was the worst clearance ever. Like just straight to a City player, and they just scored. And okay, that happens, but that didn't happen to Lloris. Lloris was never that guy, you know. His distribution distribution was always really good, and that was the first time I'd, I I thought it was probably twenty sixteen. I would say I don't know, but. That was the first time when I really quite, you know, started to question Larice. And then from 2018, start of 2018 onwards, I started to make the second half of the 17-18 season. He started to make a few more errors. And then, yeah, and then I don't want to make too much of the... the but dr- it, but it, the, the, problem is, the problem is it's these margins and you make a... It is important because mm. we saw Sissoko throw on goal, yeah. should have scored and put... Spurs two one up and you yeah. know the game comes down to these margins and you look yeah. at Spurs they've lost I think 10 games in the league this year they don't draw many yeah. and they lose marginal games more than a quarter of their games and this is the most this is the most damning indictment of Spurs and this is about I think investment in squads as well Spurs are proving the danger of Levy's lack of investment in crucial areas because frankly 
you need to have a squad where Loris is more challenged for his position. You yeah. need to have a squad where I mean, you've got someone better than Sissoko. Well, I don't running. disagree with yeah. that yeah. point generally. Yeah. I think with Loris, it's slightly different because he generally does have competition. He's got Gazaniga, who mm. is very, very good and needs to get his chance in a Premier League start. Michel Vorm as well is, uh, you know, most clubs don't have a second choice keeper who's as good as him or right. third choice keeper now. Yeah. But I do take your point generally that lack of investment at crucial times has cost Spurs. And right. if they finish sixth this season, which is entirely possible, Levy's the man you've got to look at. Especially given some of the football they've played. They've played some great stuff this year. Yeah. 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 And they could easily finish third again. I mean, they've they've got now a huge game against Crystal Palace at home at the new stadium. I mean, they wouldn't really have wanted to go into that game with such pressure on them because they've now lost four and five and that's the worst run of Pochettino's career at Awful. Spurs. They've not won a Premier League game since the 10th of Feb and there's only one team with worse form at the moment and that's Fulham. Yeah. Good Lord. Which they, is not great. They didn't all. play for three weeks just to, just well, yeah, to defend them a little. They played for the other four. <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> poor Michael. I know maths. Well, look, I'm trying also, to look on the bright side. Also, like, we, we have to have a quick um, little bit of focus on Liverpool because that is enormous for them. And, you know, they, they'd lost that game. Very different picture. Even if they'd drawn it. But mm. now City probably have to get something at Old Trafford. Yeah. And United have not been actually <laughs> in thrilling form of late, but they'll be a tough proposition at Old Trafford. Yeah, I mean, going back to, to the title race, I think, you know, if Liverpool... You know, City could have gone into their game in hand against Cardiff. A win would have taken them four points clear. Instead, right. Liverpool are now two points ahead of them. Shout out to Bernardo Silva just doing the Lord's work. <sighs> that man is just like... That game was weird, though. The, yeah, the City-Fulham yeah. game was odd. It was like a very slow pace. <laughs> it, felt like a, it felt like an end-of-the-season game. Pre-season game, yeah. Do you know what it felt like? You know when the, the sun first comes out in Berlin... Like, you know, after like the, after the winter and you go for that first, like really boozy session with your mates. It was like that. It was, you know, those, those days, those afternoons just stretch on endlessly. Yeah. It was like that because they got two quite early goals and then they just knocked it about. Yeah. yeah. But no one really, like, yeah. Which Fulham, you can kind of do. Yeah. It's like Fulham have accepted their fate already. Well, I think they're going to be the next team to go down. Huddersfield are already down. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Before we move on fully from Liverpool Spurs, I think from a Spurs point of view, it's worth pointing out that they deserved a point at least. Mm. So looking at this game in isolation, I don't think it's all doom and gloom because Not you're essentially losing to the side who is on course for their highest points tally ever in yeah. the top flight yeah. and still might not win the league yeah. Yeah. so it's weird it's a weird season I but think, I think it's the culmination of the last five Premier League games the only point they got was to Arsenal at home which they were lucky to get I think yeah yeah. out of those five games that you mentioned the performance against Liverpool was the best yeah definitely um, there is some hope going forward but you've got to look at you know the race for those final places mm -hmm. um, Champions League places Spurs do not have the momentum uh, United do and you ha you'd have to back them at this point. And we're recording ahead of Arsenal-Newcastle. Yeah. And if Arsenal win that game, Arsenal go third, which is mind-blowing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, which is more, I mean, of course, Arsenal have deserved to be where they are, but Spurs collapsing, Chelsea collapsing earlier yeah, in the season. Dude, I hope they go third, just so people will be forced to say nice things about Emery, especially certain fan channels, which I shall not name here. <laughs> just give it right until the end of the season. <laughs> Should we take a break and then do other games? Yeah, let's let's take a do, break. Uh, have we given Neil Robertson enough uh, praise? We should give Andy Robertson a bit more praise. <laughs> I mean, Neil was he was like Andy's was he like his uncle, so spiritual godfather? <laughs> yeah, I think uh, Andy Robertson has had the most assists by any fullback in a Premier League season. It's like nine, I think. I think. I think that's right. I think that's right. Yeah. I mean, just a tremendous player at both ends. And actually, can I say this in, in highlighting the role of the fullbacks? The fullbacks that can actually defend as well, because we've seen both ends of the spectrum this year in the champ. This this year in the Champions League, we've seen Marcelo and being exposed, but also in La Liga, and we've mm. seen the danger of having fullbacks who don't have the strength in defending. Mm. But this sort of new generation, Lucas Hernandez moving to Bayern, mm. Bayern as ever ahead of the curve, signing him for eighty million euros, a huge amount. I think maybe a record for a fullback. A left yeah, back. Yeah. Andy Robertson's been amazing and won Bissaka at Crystal Palace. This mm. is kind of the era of fullbacks who can 
do it all really yeah and it you know? needs to work in a system where a fluid system where the central midfielders can drop and the center backs can can spread wide to yeah. to cover them when they go forward um andy robertson was playing like a a, a, a wide forward at times yeah. yesterday it was amazing and his his defending i mean you mentioned earlier ryan his block um yeah. on ericsson that was great and also we haven't even mentioned yet van dyke's um can i quickly say i mean um i know that eric abadal listens to this podcast well, he probably doesn't. But yeah, just to say that what Robertson's doing is nothing new. Abadal did that. Abadal had that amazing ability to mm. go central yeah. and let the fullbacks pile right up and the centre-backs go forward. Can I just yeah. say, if Eric Abidal is listening to this podcast and he needs an intern on his role at Barca, <laughs> uh, just let me know what email address I can send my CV to. <laughs> so I just had to mention Abidal because I saw him yeah. doing, I know it's a, sound like a silly comparison, but there's a moment when Robertson went inside and made yeah. a great block and that was exactly what yeah. Abidal would do. Well, yeah, I mean, like, let's, take, let's take not get it twisted. Like, it's not, yeah. Andy Robertson isn't revolutionising the fullback role. Mm. He's just... A really good fullback, yeah. but also or, or well, but, a really good left back. But it's not really about the the personnel; it's about it's the responsibility. System. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, like Taking responsibility centrally. Yeah. I'm going to mention someone who probably gets overlooked and is quite underrated, but someone like Nacho Monreal. That's a really key part to his game as a left back. He's mm. very good defensively and very good coming in centrally. And it yeah. actually there was a real change in that game uh, in his game when he played a bit of time at centre-back for Arsenal, mm. you know. But, I mean, you've seen it a lot now. There's people like Laporte who can play left-back and yeah. centre-back. But, yeah, Andy Robertson, DJ Andy Robertson, he's such a DJ, I swear. He's yeah, a DJ. he is, he is, he is. Northern Soul. She's got to pre-record my, uh, what pre-record my radio show. What, Northern Soul? No, I reckon, he's a, I reckon he's a house DJ. I think that's too obvious. I think he had an uncle who was really into Northern Soul and who was just like picked up the records off him. But he's Scottish, isn't he, Andy Robertson? So yeah. maybe he's... Mm, that's maybe. the curveball. That's the curveball, exactly. They surprise you, those lot. They surprise maybe you. Maybe he's surprisingly like an extremely rare funk collector. Just only that plays could, funk 45. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I reckon he's like that left field. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. We should probably go for a break. Yeah, let's go for a break. Let's do it. <laughs> Send us your mix. <laughs> DJ. <laughs> <laughs> Before we get into Cardiff Chelsea, I just want to say, we did talk about DJs. I just can't wait for the day in the social media era that someone actually drops a mixtape just after a big game. <laughs> that would be incredible. I mean, I'm just waiting for it. <laughs> All eyes on me. It's the perfect moment. <laughs> anyway, Cardiff Chelsea. Oh, shocking, shocking result for Cardiff. Neil Warnock oh. is not a happy bunny. I mean, he's not he's a not man that misses the greatest, simply the best <laughs> times. But as Pilloquetta's winner was... It was offside. Well, it wasn't Quite even the winner. Well, it was kind of the winner, but it was the equaliser. Yeah. As Neil Warnock rightly said, he's f***ing two yards offside. <laughs> <laughs> For once, I'm with Warnock on this. It was awful. And, he's, and he let fly at Sarri as well at full time. Yeah, I think he was just really angry about the situation. But the thing is as well, Cardiff should have had two penalties. They had two absolutely nailed on penalties. Yeah. And also, I think Chelsea should have had a penalty. So, oh, poor Cardiff. Yeah, they deserved they, a lot more there. Yeah, I mean, well, Chelsea had much more of the game and they were much better in terms of controlling the game, but two penalties and that should have been given against you and season. an offside equaliser in the 84th minute. That's yeah. hard to take. Yeah, and Cardiff been on a good run up until this point. Yeah, they're all right. But the Emiliano Sala thing is just, you know, both, both on and off the field, what kind of impact does that have? Mm. When you have a player who's meant to come in and help out, that happens yeah. and then... The haggling over the fee, mm. which has just been really ugly mm. from all corners. The kind of mood that creates in and out. There's a thing come out now saying that the, the, the pilot might not have been licensed authorized to, fly, yeah. to fly at night, which is yeah. a real... How do you... I mean, you know, it's all second guessing, but I mean, it's, 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 it's a horrifying tragedy. It's one of those moments people look back on for years and be like... Yeah what could and should be done differently. And I just hope that one thing that people learn is when you are basically getting a player across, just wrap them in cotton wool. Yeah. I just can't. Just, I mean, just put them no, on yeah. a commercial flight. Yeah, exactly. There's no words for it. There's no words for it. Uh, anyway. But yeah, brutal, brutal for Cardiff on and off the field. Yeah. But um, there are signs that it could be galvanising them for this final stretch, you know. Yeah, I think, that, I, I think they, I think they might be I think they might be down though. To be I honest, though, I mean, it's you, tight though. Yeah, I think. I think well, Southampton won against Brighton, which was a huge result. Brighton are the team to watch in you terms could get of dragged back yeah, into, yeah, yeah, in terms of what relegation by the cup. Or? They, yeah, I mean, they've got this cup semi final coming up. 
I mean, they could be the new Wigan. I'm pretty sure they've got Arsenal coming up soon, though, so that'll be a nailed on three points. The way those teams just... Pl- <laughs> <laughs> but the way certain teams just plummet. You know, yeah. like those teams, Ipswich did it with yeah. the UEFA Cup. Yeah, yeah. A thin squad mm. and a team that's been struggling and it's been, frankly, it's been coached beyond its means. Exactly. And teams like Brighton, really, they almost have to make a decision. Like, do we do we go for a cup run? Well, if you're eighth or ninth and you're safe, then yeah, do it. If you're fighting to survive, then you don't have the squad for both. And I feel a bit sorry for Hutton in some ways. I think yeah. he's he's caught between a rock and a hard place. He's always coached out of his mind. Chris Hutton has Brighton always rock brought in a hard place. A Brighton, that's the name of the podcast, a Brighton rock and a hard place. Oh, Hi, everyone. Oh, no. I'll be here all week. You literally will. You live here. I do live here. <laughs> I might leave the house. Oh, my point. Yeah, don't count on it. Oh, my goodness. Uh, so Brighton might slip into it. Yeah. Burnley are there. So I think Southampton are going to be all right. I mean, we said as soon as Hart and Huttle took over, that yeah. we thought they'd, they'd be all right. Although they haven't climbed as clear as I thought they would by this stage. Yeah, but I also think that... The gravity there was, there well, was a, there the was a, They had a run of games where they all, where they looked absolutely knackered, where yeah. they just, they need a pre-season after, yeah. un, under Ralph. But if you look at the form table, they're ninth, I think, um, in the Premier League. And if Hasenhutl can just keep them up, I think next season should be a lot more, yeah. I mean, lot they're more comfortable for them. They're five points clear of Cardiff now, Southampton. Yeah. They're level on points of Burnley having played a game less. So Cardiff and Southampton have a game in hand on Burnley. Okay, so Burnley are are in trouble a bit. Yeah, I mean, Burnley won, but they've only won one of their last five. Southampton have won three of their last five. So it's getting tight down there. Yeah, and Fulham, I believe, could be down as early as this week. Yeah, I think so. Goodness yeah. me. That's a weird one, Fulham, because they spent a lot of money in the summer. Mm. Jean-Michel Serry. Yeah. How must he feel? That guy was going to go to Barca. Well, he could have been at Barca. The, the, Maybe this is his uh, side off at Sampdoria year, though. It's just a <laughs> really. It feels like they're sort of Fitesse, in relegation. No, it feels Actually, like sort of for twenty years on the podcast. In twenty years' time, we're going to be like that. That masterstroke that Seri had when he went to Fulham for a year, got him relegated, and then went to Real Madrid. <laughs> he couldn't have been China. But you know, he's actually a really good option. For someone looking to get some value in the transfer market. Yeah, yeah, because they're going to have to sell him. Yeah, yeah, that's a good guy to pick up. But yeah, I mean, I think the, the Fulham have been mismanaged from the top since since they got promoted. They spent $100 million, yeah. was it? Oh my goodness. Um, I mean, any club that has three and, managers in a season, you kind of guess that it's not going to be going too well. But the but the thing about them is that the, 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 the players that were signed were not the choice of Jukanovic. They were the choice of the sporting director, who's the son of the owner. Oh, my goodness. Hmm. And that (laughs) that just spells trouble from the start. I mean, if the guy who's not... I mean, yes, you can have sporting directors, but if this is a guy who has no connection to the coach and then you fire the coach for when it all goes wrong, I mean, you've got guys like... Daddy's Yeah, you've mentioned Seri, but you've got guys like Scherler in there as well. Sessegnon hasn't... I mean, he wasn't a new signing, but he hasn't hasn't kicked on and reached anywhere near his potential. He's had a, a, a... a big step back actually um that's also bad squad management too it's who yeah. you bring in above him to yeah. kind of bring him through you know yeah and i mean it's you know a lot of those players might be gone in the summer because of clauses in their contract for the guard against relegation and i think scott parker has his work cut out you know that it, it's typical you have a team that have the momentum they go up and then they massively disappoint and then they sink like a stone the following season. And yeah. I, I worry Could be a bit. Charlton. Could I, be a Charlton there. I do worry a bit for Fulham. Yeah, and the, the championship is not it's not an easy league. Oh my goodness. People no. are sharpening their knives waiting for them to come no. back down. Whereas yeah. Huddersfield, for example, they are already down, but in some respects that's good because they can clear their minds of it. And I think the coach is already, and the, 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 um, the, the management there are already planning for for how to make a good fist of it next season. And also being in the Premier League for a start was already a massive achievement. They pushed them. as far. That's the thing with Huddersfield. You look at it and you go, that is a team that maximised its resources. Yeah. You look at it and you go, that team actually was coached as far as it could go. Mm. And I don't want to like use Spurs as a comparison, but you look at Spurs in the recent games, you're like, this is a very well-coached and under-resourced squad. Yeah. And it has been, you know, I don't think anyone can really question that Spurs have been absolutely coached the edge of their potential in my, in, my, in my opinion Huddersfield are achieving and I feel I think they're the same Huddersfield yeah, absolutely and Huddersfield are achieving way beyond what they yeah. Yeah. should do on paper before we move on to other leagues actually we had a couple of questions about 
top four and Spurs stuff. So maybe let's cover them now. Yeah, Why not? Yeah. Sure, I should have covered them when we were doing Spurs. <laughs> Why not? Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Um, Abdullahi Alaki says, it's, it looks like it's directed at you, Michael. Oh my God, shots fired. Do you think hashtag Spurs are where Arsenal were when they moved to the Emirates? which was signalled as a massive transformation. But Arsenal are still playing catch-up to the big boys in the league. Will Poch regret not seriously considering the United-slash-Madrid job? Thanks. There's a lot to cover there. Firstly, the, the the Arsenal comparison. I think this is a huge summer for Spurs. They've not signed anyone in the last two transfer windows, as we all know. Um, they need to reinforce that squad. If they don't, then I think the the comparison will be very accurate and if anything I think it would be worse because at least Arsenal were still signing some players during that period I mean there was a period of austerity but they added, they added to their squad right mm. yeah I mean that's when the whole project you thing kicked in yeah so there was a lot of you know Danielsons and Fran Maradas yeah. and people like that so Nick Bentners yeah I don't think Poch, though, has anything to regret in relation to United or Madrid. Weirdly enough, I think yeah. at this unique point in history, with Zidane waiting in the wings and Solskjaer, there was always going to be buyer's remorse over Pochettino, and I think he would have been hung out to dry. So I think, weirdly enough, he's dodged a bullet in both jobs. Yeah. That sounds like a really strange thing to say at this point in history. Two years earlier, two years later, different position. But right now, yeah. unfortunately, United and Madrid, we're both caught up as clubs in this nostalgia haze, memory lane, and Pochettino right now yeah. is best advised to sit tight, get some investment. Do you, I, I, I yeah. totally agree. I mean, I think Poch needs to give uh, Spurs another an, another couple of summer mm. transfer windows to be able to say, okay, I've done my very best with this club. Yeah. And that is all down to Daniel Levy. He's in the position I, of Simeone, actually, Aletti. They're both yeah. doing a similar job. Yeah. Both Argentinian. Constrained resources. Constrained resources. Both in new yes. stadiums. Yeah. Staying on, longer, <laughs> staying, on, staying on longer than expected. So, out, you know, Simeone's been there far longer than we expected him to be, I think, at yeah. Aletti. Yeah, definitely. Anyway, yeah. sorry, carry on. Um, I was gonna, the thing about Spurs, which I think people aren't making enough noise about, is, in, is opposed to signing players, the priority should be keeping the players they've got. Yeah. Because if they lose any of that squad, mm. the amount of money that it will cost to get anyone near that level... Yeah is obscene so I mean one thing that is was interesting from when Arsenal went through a similar process was Wenger introduced this kind of very almost like communist pay structure mm. so it was like everyone kind of got paid a similar amount no matter of their level because yeah. they wanted to keep squad unity now you can do that when you have like Andre Santos and people like that playing but for Spurs if they could prioritise paying the players that are there the money that they would be or somewhere near the money that they would be earning elsewhere as opposed to buying players in I think that would be really key to keep them there the the, the big concern for Spurs is Christian Eriksen and Toby Alderweireld both of those are have been dubbed contract rebels in the uh, in the media. when are their contracts up though um Alderweireld has just signed a one-year extension but that's really just to maintain his value that was a club option that was like a trigger right? exactly yeah. yeah so he can be sold this summer for 25 million i believe which is still peanuts it's nothing, still it's yeah still not not a huge you get a lot of money for ericsson couldn't you the big well that's the big player who i don't think he didn't really play very well against liverpool but i don't think he can be replaced really who I mean there was talk about Hamas Rodriguez okay let's just be hypothetical for a second if they did pay the salary that he would demand and any transfer fee that was required I still don't think he's the the, the right replacement but the knock-on as well though if someone like Hamas Rodriguez comes in and gets paid something like 250 grand a week then when you you've got the rest ha of the squad there that isn't anywhere near that yeah then you then... have to pay Harry Kane well Harry Kane is somewhere near that but the problem is Ericsson just knits it together in a way that yeah Almost nobody else does. Yeah, exactly. And that, that's, yeah. That's him it. and Kane are the two most irreplaceable players in that squad. Um, I think, Ryan, yeah, you're absolutely right. If they, if they, they need to focus just as hard on keeping the players they've got as they do in adding to the squad. But they do have a lovely stadium to move into, which they is do. a massive plus. They that do. stadium is amazing. Well, Arsenal Stadium was also amazing when they moved in. But it wasn't as good as, I don't think it's anywhere near Spurs. The acoustics might be mind I think it's just yeah. moved on though. Like at that time when Wenger, because Wenger was crucial in orchestrating that, that was genuinely a game changer. Yeah, I think Spurs have done a really good job of looking at the negative aspects of new stadiums over the last decade and they've built something that's yeah, they've, brilliant. They I seem think. to have learned from the mistakes yeah. of others. Will it have um, noise reduction like Arsenal Stadium? Oh, 
That sounds like someone who's only sat in the posh seats. <laughs> I can't believe I got away with that hot take. They're going to come for me. <laughs> oh, don't worry. I'm going to upload a small audio clip of that. And, and They're going to come for just, me. I'm going, to, I'm, going to send it, I'm going to send it directly to you know, every single one of Jacob Rees-Mogg's followers. I mean... <laughs> I'm the Alison Becker of this podcast. I just take these wild risks. There's no yeah, danger. In you somehow get away with it. You're due, you're due, for, for, a, you're due for a Lester away howl. Yeah, 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 yeah. turn. <laughs> edge of the six-yard box. <laughs> hey, right, let's bring it back in a bit, boys. Calm down, calm down. Sorry. Uh, one, one more question from Mash St. Paddy. Uh, the, race for third oh, and fourth, Paddy. the race for third and fourth is now legitimately four teams for two places. With all teams in Europe, who are the two teams most likely to choke should Chelsea put all their eggs in the Europa League basket? The two that I think are going to qualify uh, United I think United are a bit of trouble I think United will get third and I think Spurs will just sneak fourth I think we're in a little bit of trouble United I sound like a bit of a pessimist here but our midfield is slightly able at the moment and the problem we have is senior players are not performing so Matic has been great for us to a large extent but when Matic is fit Matic plays even though Matic is his limits, his limitations are in sight. And I think, I just worry we're going to play him a bit too much in the running. What are your thoughts on Pogba at the moment? <laughs> uh, sorry, <laughs> um, my laughter says it all. Pogba is one of the most confusing elite players I've ever encountered. When Pogba is on, he is astonishing. When he's not quite on, it's still hard to tell because he still does stuff that's amazing. But when he's off, I mean, it, it's not a good look. Um... And the problem actually United have, unfortunately, is that we're not like Man City. We don't have multiple playmakers. You look at City. City have what? Foden, Gundogan, both Silvers, De Bruyne, that can run games. Mm. Run games. And we have what? One true orchestrator. And so the problem with that is United structurally, you can close off all the passing lanes if you know that Pogba's going to be in possession. And I think that hurts him because he's a player that has to be the centre of an attacking universe. And United don't yet have... A sufficient supporting cast. Mm. Having said that, I mean, he himself could and would go up a level if he left. And the fact that Zidane is now flirting openly with him, Zidane is now openly flirting with Pogba, and what Zidane wants, Zidane often eventually gets. Mm. So we have to prepare ourselves within two years for Pogba maybe to go elsewhere. But I don't if think he, that's the worst thing in the no, world. No, it wouldn't be. It wouldn't yeah. be. And frankly, he'd deserve it because a mm. player of those talents deserves to play in a squad where everyone else is at the level. But we're talking about Ericsson being irreplaceable for Spurs. Pogba, especially with United's resources, is entirely replaceable, I believe. I think that's right. I think actually either of them would fit very well into Madrid. Yeah. I think Ericsson would be a quicker, immediate fit, Yeah, but Pogba would be spectacular. So do you want to play a game? Yeah, let's go for it. <laughs> go for it. Yeah. All right. You're writing things down. Wow, my goodness, this has got serious. Ryan's writing things down, people. It's got real. Yep. All right, let's go through Spurs' first. We'll do it club by club because I think that'd be nice to keep keep on top of it. Yeah. Okay. okay so sure. we'll do it in. So Spurs first. So Spurs' remaining fixtures are the first one: Crystal Palace at home in the new stadium. First game in the new stadium. Ooh. Draw. Musa says draw. Michael says I think Spurs win, but just there's part of me that thinks Palace might spoil that party. They spoil a lot of parties. They do, don't they? Look what they did to Man City. But I kind of I'm going to be conservative from an Arsenal standpoint and say. Spurs win. Mm, overcompensating. I don't like that, but still carry on. <laughs> okay. We are um, who we are. We are who we are. Carry on. Um, Spurs at home to Huddersfield. Spurs, Spurs win. win. Yeah, I think we all agree there. Manchester City at home to Spurs. Mm. Ooh. City win. Yeah. City win. So zero. You think City win? Yeah. I think City. Got a nasty surprise coming for City in the Champions mm. League, I think. Spurs at home to Brighton. Spurs win. Spurs win. I agree. Spurs at home to West Ham. Ooh. Do you know what? I think that's a draw, actually. Yeah, I think a draw because Spurs often struggle against West Ham. Yeah, I think it's going to be a draw as well. We're, all, yeah. we're kind of pretty much on agreement so far. That's okay. why I get the big bucks. Spurs away to Bournemouth. Spurs win. Yeah, I think Spurs win. Yeah, Spurs tend to do well there. Right? It's got two unwritten all over it. Spurs at home to Everton. Oh, uh, Spurs, last game of Spurs win again. I think that's right. Spurs win. Spurs win? Yeah. Spurs win. Right, let's go on to... We'll we'll total them all up. Although I have given Spurs two draws there, and I don't think they've drawn a single game this season. <laughs> <laughs> only draw was against Arsenal. Oh yeah, of course. Um, so Arsenal are playing ahead of record. We're recording ahead of Arsenal against Newcastle, which is at the Emirates. I think Rafa might pull off a point here. I think so too. 
You both think a draw. I think a win. And I'll tell you why. Because Arsenal have only won more points off Everton in the Premier League than Newcastle at home. Mm. So, well, speaking of Everton, Arsenal away to Everton on the weekend. Everton are going to win that. This is the catfish. The the derbies of all catfish derbies. The super catfish show. (laughs) 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 Oh, that's genius. You came up that in real time. I did. Just straight off the dome. That's a hashtag. That's a uh, you, Michael thinks a draw. Musa says <laughs> super <laughs> catfish. <laughs> I can see the emojis in my head. At bad girl Rai Rai, if you want to send me the super praise. Cat, someone has to send you memes. Musa, quick. <laughs> Everything gonna win that. Uh, I think I think Everton will win that as well. Arsenal away to Watford. Oh, oh. poor Arsenal. Watford draw. It'll be a draw. Michael draw. You can see Watford just 2 one it. I think it'll be a draw. I know you've got that feeling, don't you? It's a Watford win, isn't it? You think it's a Watford I win? I think Watford are going to win. I know. Do you know what changed me? Watford win. Watford win, I've got the feeling as you well. You've got a Watford win? Yeah. Okay, so then uh, Arsenal at home to Crystal Palace. They'll win. Uh, Arsenal, Arsenal home Crystal three Palace. Three points for Arsenal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're good, they're good. Yeah, we Palace all agree. Uh, Arsenal away to Wolves. <laughs> draw. Michael says draw. Yeah, Wolves, no. You think Wolves are going to win? Wolves draw. Wolves draw. Stop saying Wolves draw because it's both teams draw. <laughs> you no, know, but when Wolves draw, it feels like Wolves win because that's what Wolves do. Like Wolves, wolves eat. Wolves exactly. exactly. They devour. Yeah. <laughs> um, they devour I, us in the cup. <clears throat> I think Arsenal are going to win this game. Okay, good for you. I think. Okay, good I think, for you. Good for me. Yeah. Bully for you. Cool bully, story, right? <laughs> bully for you. Yeah. yeah cool story. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Arsenal away to Leicester. See, I don't think Arsenal are going to. I think Leicester are going to win this game. Oh gosh. Vardy against Mustafi. They can't end well. If Mustafi starts that game, I'm yeah. done. It's two on Leicester, isn't it? I think Arsenal will win. Okay. Musa? Yeah, I think Leicester will win. Okay. Arsenal at home to Brighton. Arsenal. Arsenal. I also agree. And Arsenal away to Burnley last day of the season. Arsenal. Musa says Arsenal. Yeah. They'll just throw everything at that. So we all say Arsenal. And okay. Burnley are not the defensive force they were. Let's move on to Musa's beloved... Wolfsburg no Manchester United yay (laughs) right Manchester United away to Wolves draw draw I think Wolves are going to win that game (laughs) do I do I want to do I want to open that can of worms no be true Ryan don't be affected by these peripheries be do yeah be be true Uh, 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 Manchester United at home to West Ham United win yeah yeah we're all in agreement Uh, Manchester United away to Everton draw Goodison's a horrible place to get a result I think Manchester United are going to win that game I think United as well. And Moose thinks that Everton will draw. Everton, and Everton listen, draw. <laughs> do you know what? Do you know, hey, 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 we've got, we got bigger fish to fry at home to Manchester City. I think City will win that. Just because City will be desperate. I think a draw. I think City. They'll be desperate, that's why. Manchester United are home to Chelsea. United win. Yeah, I agree. Manchester United home win. Away to Huddersfield. United. United win. It's going to be one of those... Casual. What schools out? Yeah, schools out. Yeah, um, and then at home to Cardiff last day of the season. United win. Yep, I agree. Mm-hmm. And then finally Chelsea. So I've got a funny feeling they'll finish strong. Right, Chelsea at home to Brighton. Chelsea, Chelsea. win. We're all in agreement. Chelsea at home to West Ham. Chelsea, Chelsea. win. I think West Ham are going to get a point. Chelsea way to Liverpool. Liverpool winning that at, at Liverpool. Mm, yeah, Liverpool. I think Liverpool will win. Chelsea at home to Burnley. Chelsea win. Michael? Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, why not? Chelsea away to Manchester United. Oh, hang on. We've already discussed that. We think Man United are going to win. Yep. So I do anyway. We will put zero. Uh Chelsea at home to Watford. Chelsea win. Uh, I think a draw. I also think a draw. And away to Leicester last day of the season. Draw. I think Leicester. Ooh. That's a spicy one. Spicy prediction there. Just because I expect Chelsea to go quite far in the Europa League and I just think they're going to have their eye on different prizes. I think it's going to be a draw. Right, let's take a break and I'll get the calculator out. Wonderful. (laughs) Looking forward. Right, we're back from the break. Right. So, well, the results. Right, Musa, you think Man United and Spurs will finish level on points with 75. So they'll be third and fourth. Chelsea, fifth, 73 points. Arsenal, sixth, 71 points. All right. That feels reasonable. Michael, Manchester United finishing third on 78 points. 
Spurs finishing fourth on 77 points, Arsenal finishing fifth on 76 points and Chelsea finishing sixth on 70 points. Yeah, I just think Chelsea are going to go for it in the Europa League Mm. and I think they'll get a bit distracted. I think... How am I the only one who thinks Spurs are going to finish third? Squad depth. I meant being the only Arsenal fan. (laughs) Spurs third, 77 points. Man United fourth, 76 points. Arsenal fifth, 75 points. Chelsea sixth, 69 points. Mm. So I'm the only person who thinks Chelsea aren't going to get into the 70s. But we're all broadly in agreement then that United and Spurs, Spurs are, are going to finish, finish third and fourth. Third and oh, fourth. this is so depressing. I didn't expect it to be this sad. <laughs> How did it die? Oh, that I means Arsenal got to go and win the Europa League now, which is terrifying. Oh no, <laughs> big club having to win a trophy. Oh no, my heart bleeds. Whoa. How awful, how Whoa. awful. You sound like very how, much like someone who grew up in the Alex Ferguson era how of awful, United. How awful that a big club should have to win a trophy at the end of a season. No, I mean in order to qualify for the Champions League, Musa. You're Arsenal. You can do it. Should we talk about the Bundesliga? You're Arsenal. Can we do it on our own? <laughs> You're Arsenal. You can do it. Speaking of big clubs needing to win a trophy. Dortmund. Sancho Corner comes up with a crucial assist in the last minute. The second goal for Paco Acasa. Yeah. This, was wow. all, this game was all about Paco Acasa. I mean, firstly, it's worthwhile saying it was a terrible game. Really, really dull. Dortmund just didn't look up for it. Lethargic. Um, he missed a good and, chance earlier on, didn't he, Arcassa as well? Yeah, I mean, he he went, he put one just over the bar and it just looked like it was heading for a nil-nil and another disappointing result for Dortmund. Alcacer got them out of jail. An amazing free kick, which Wolfsburg were complaining that it wasn't actually a free kick. But it was a free kick. Yeah, they got it anyway and scored it. And then Alcacer scored another one in stoppage time and they won 2-0. Amazing result for them. And now... Because Bayern dropped two points at Freiburg, Dortmund are back at back in the, well, they the driving seat. They can get drawn the classic and still be fine. Well, this is it. They don't have to win the classic now, yeah. which is yeah. This Saturday is Bayern versus Dortmund in Munich, and I mean, I don't think there has been a bigger game in the Bundesliga for seven, twelve, seven years, eight years. But yeah. Dortmund deserve this. They deserve to be back in it. They have dropped points yeah. after Christmas. But this, and it's funny because their dropping of points has actually paralleled with Alcacer's slight cooling off. Because before Christmas, he was scoring it. And other world, also had a load of injuries, like mm. a load of true, injuries. True, and, and Marco Royce wasn't there on the weekend. He had um, yeah. hit the birth of his first child, yeah. and they're young as well. Like he, you know, they do have experience. They're, ahead, they're ahead of schedule, basically. Yeah. Which I yeah. think they're, they're. It's crucial that Royce comes back into this team because he knits everything together. Yeah, I mean, he was. They were really missing him on the weekend. And as good as Sancho is, as as exciting as he is, and as devastating as Alcacer can be on his day. They need Royce just to keep it all um, in check and keep that cohesion in attack. For sure, for sure. Um, so for him to return for the Classica, that's absolutely huge. And, you know, I think Dortmund could, well, let's say avoid defeat um, in the yeah, Classica. I think that's right. I mean, they've been given a, a second chance, really, by by Bayern not finishing off Freiburg there. They really got out of jail, didn't they? Well, yeah. Um, Freiburg, I, hope, I hope the Classic is a better game than the Dortmund game, though. That was terrible. Well, the last Classica was pretty good. They had the, the best thing about that game was the pigeon on the pitch in Dortmund, Wolfsburg. Yeah. Do you know, can like, I say? It was everywhere. He yeah. was like, his heat map would he was been even, amazing. Can I say, the <laughs> movement of the ball. He was yeah. even in the net. Yeah, he was in the goal, well, chilling. If that pigeon had played in defence midfield for Germany at the last World Cup, oh. they got a second round. I'm not <laughs> going to name any names. Not going to name any names, but there were certain players in that Germany national team, you know, didn't move as well as that pigeon did. Yeah. So... But yeah, names. We know who they are. Exciting times in the Bundesliga. And also... Um, <laughs> Always firing shots at that guy. Sorry. We should mention um, Eintracht Frankfurt as well. They yeah. picked up a 3-0 three, three win and they're now in the Champions League places and they've knocked out Borussia Mönchengladbach who are just in free fall. They really are struggling. They never recovered from thrashing Munich, did they? <laughs> yeah, and, they, and, and Leipzig are, are, are right in there as well. They won 5-0 against Hertha Berlin. I really want to see Eintracht Frankfurt in the Champions League league next year especially if they can keep those front three together the word if is doing a lot of heavy lifting I know what you mean I'd love to see it but Jovic is gone isn't he he's got to be gone there's a there's a clause in his contract that does it they don't have to sell him really yeah 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 Nice. That's um, interesting. How so, so? How so? I don't know. I'm interested are they the kind of club that can afford not to sell players? Is this a rich part of Germany? <laughs> they're all good though but I mean there's rich and there's rich I mean yeah. Jovic banking, I mean, banking district they're going to throw a lot of coin at him yeah they, they might come under pressure to sell him if they can keep him him Haller and um, if Messi gets in your WhatsApp and, if Messi sends you WhatsApp going, oh come over to well Real Madrid are apparently interested in re-signing but yeah. 
Frankfurt are, I think, alongside Dortmund, the most exciting team in the league this yeah, year. Agreed, yeah, agreed. Um, where are we going next? Should we go to Amsterdam? The yes. game. I'd love to go to Amsterdam in real I, life. I feel like just not been on, for a while. I feel like just hopping on the plane oh, <laughs> before right. Brexit comes along. I was actually looking at. This sounds really ridiculous. I was on lastminute.com last night. I'm not joking. Looking at European cities to visit just in the week before No Deal. Yeah. Anyway, but back to the point. Amsterdam. Let's go there. Ajax PSV. That was a good game. It was a very good game. Ended 3-1. Yeah. And what I love about it is the players who stepped up in that game, Tadic, knitting it all together, and Neres just made his debut for Brazil, was instrumental in the last two goals, won the penalty, and then clinched it with the winner. Mm. It was Tad- also the most outrageous red card in that game. Yeah. Oh I mean, yeah, God. it was so funny. It was, it was a high, kung high fu studded roundhouse. And yeah. the guy that didn't, didn't even complain, he knew. Yeah, he knew. When he got the yellow, I think he was a bit like, huh. There was a moment when he stood over the, you no, know, normally when someone fouls and they stand over and they're going to say something nasty, he was yeah. just like, you could say it was like, mate, yeah, that was a bit of a shocker. And this is Tadic, by the way, who um, was deemed surplus to requirements at Mark Hughes' Southampton. Just play everything Discuss. through him. Yeah. Where are they now? <laughs> I, know, I know, just play everything through him. Um, I mean, that win for Ajax takes them two points behind PSV with seven games left. So yeah, it's an exciting run in there. Shows what Sign kind up. of season PSV have been having, doesn't it? Mm. Speaking of red cards, let's go to Glasgow. Oh my goodness. For the old firm derby. Didn't, didn't back in the Sooness sort of old firm years, weren't there like two or three red cards like for Rangers? Oh yeah, that was standard. There is yeah. something, can I just say? Minimum. There is something so, I know we're in the age of like marketing, whatever. There is something so refreshingly old school and yet on brand about a red card and old firm game. <laughs> There's something about how much these two teams hate each other. It's mm. incredible, isn't it? Well, it runs so much deeper than football. Yeah, exactly. Which, you know, getting into dodgy territory. But from the football side of it, it's because Rangers have not been Rangers for the last, what, nearly nearly a decade, really. And now they're back in the in the Scottish Premier League. And they're really quite good. Yeah, and you know, you've got someone like Steven Gerrard there. You've got Jermaine Defoe playing for them. I forgot about completely. Rangers have always made that kind of signing, that kind of left field signing. They've always Mm, been quite good. Paul Gascoigne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Giovanni Van Bronckhurst. True, true. Mikel Arteta. But you know what's funny about the old firm as well? What's always made about the the old firm derby is how you've got players who are not affiliated at all, who are completely from like other side of the world, who really get into the derby Mm. in a very obsessive way. Mm. That's always what amazes me, like how you can get someone from completely out of town who gets swept up in the fervour. And that's what happened, Mm. isn't it? Mm. Um, I mean, Rangers should have had a very early red. Elbow on Scott Brown went unpunished. Scott Brown, again, at the middle of all of the drama. Oh, you know, when when there's drama... Scott Brown's there. He's one of those guys who's going to be a club legend, isn't he? Like at Celtic. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, just because he's an iconic wind-up merchant. Yeah. He's <laughs> just mad Aggie. I was going to use my first ever swear word on the Rabona podcast, but I won't. You can I believe we call them leave it out. an S-house, we call them. Uh, That's not swearing, just say shit house. <laughs> it's always Ryan. It's the most explicit content. <laughs> I don't trust people who don't swear. Me neither. I do swear a lot off the podcast, but not, not on it. Anyway, but yeah, so, but can I just say, before we go further, um, good win for Celtic, ultimately the stronger side, but I just want to say, Stephen Gerrard is really doing a fantastic job, and I think we don't give enough credit sometimes to footballers who come in and really test themselves in new jobs. Lampard has tested himself, Gerrard's tested himself. I think actually in some ways Gerrard had the harder job. Only going to Solskjaer, testing himself. I've got to respect that. I mean, I wasn't going to mention him actually, but I think that particularly Stephen Gerrard and Frank Lampard have really really shown something. The golden didn't, generation. Didn't Gerard call on the player who was sent off to donate his wages to... Oh, uh, really? Yeah. I love stuff like that. To, to, the, to the Rangers fans. Oh, wow. Yeah. I love stuff like that. Leading yeah. by example. Yeah. Stevie G. Yeah. Good, um, for Good for him. Women's Super League. Stevie G was never sent off, was he? No. <laughs> <laughs> never 30 Let's, seconds. You know, I'm, 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 in enough trouble. <laughs> never. I'm in enough trouble already in this podcast. Um, I want to talk about Women's Super League. Arsenal yeah. beat Birmingham away, which was tricky. It was. Oof. I watched that game. It was, it was a tough one. Where does that put them now? Two points clear of Man City, who got a last minute winner against Liverpool. Arsenal have got three games left. Man City have got two. Right. So Arsenal could win it before the last game of the season, which is... Arsenal, Manchester City. Oh my Arsenal. goodness. Oh. Yeah, they better clean that out quick. It'll be their first title, I think, seven years, Arsenal. They but they, the, but they, they, guaranteed, they guaranteed Champions League qualification for the first time in a few years, which so is t- big for Arsenal. To win, they've got to win the two, the last three. Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, um, it's it's looking good. Chelsea are still in third, but um, they're in the semi-final of the Champions League, so I think they'll and be fine. Can I say to anyone, listen to this, like, often it's very hard. I mean, a lot of you will support your teams, either Chelsea or Fulham. The women, a lot of those clubs have got women's teams and the tickets are always way cheaper 
The football is fantastic. The game's growing so fast. Just go along. I mean, I keep talking about this, but I went to this Wolfsburg game and the atmosphere, the vibe was absolutely amazing. You would not, you know, the diversity of the crowd, you had everyone from 15 years old up to like grandparents, all genders. The travelling support from Leon was actually a load of guys, young guys, you know, sort of mm. like early ultras, to mid-20s. Like the, yeah, the French teams are really, really rowdy. Mm. I, I had such an amazing time. I just say, look, just... If you've got a night off, just 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 wander along. Same Sounds as you would go to a reserve or youth game, because you'll have a fantastic time. Sounds great. Yeah, definitely. Get involved. Um, we should probably wrap because we've gone on long, but we had two short podcasts last week, so I thought we'd, yeah, it's good you know, to go long. It's good to have Michael back. Do as an well extended set, yeah. yeah. an extended version. Good to see Michael. <laughs> last week's Rob Rabona selects. Well, there was two actually. Wendy Renard went up on Wednesday, and then Andrea Perlo with Marvin Gaye. Yeah, and mm. I love that one. That one's steamy. We've got an absolute beauty coming Sumptuous. next. Yeah. yeah, the next one. The no next surprises, one's fun to make. Yeah, for me, a personal favourite. Uh, I'm going to put that up on Thursday, I think. Have we, what, have we got anything coming up on the site this week? You writing anything, Michael? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to do something from the Classico, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm hopefully going to be at Bayern versus Dortmund, so yeah, you may see something from cool. me. After we that. should probably write something as well. Yeah, we should do. I think that's it. Absolutely. Okay, then find us on all social media platforms. Same handle, at Mag. Thank you so much for joining us again. Absolute pleasure. Musa Kwonga, Ryan and Michael De Silva. Goodbye till next week. Bye. See ya. Have you ever Googled your own name? Prepare for a shock because your personal info, including addresses and phone numbers, is all out there. It's all harvested by data brokers and sold legally. Aura is a personal digital security service that scans the internet for your sensitive information and provides a full suite of privacy-enhancing tools. For a limited time, Aura is offering listeners a 14-day free trial at Aura.com safety. That's A-U-R-A dot safety to learn more and activate the 14-day trial period. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you have no idea where it's going? Well, I know it's all of those subscriptions. I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and I had them cancel the ones I didn't want anymore. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash pod24. That's rocketmoney.com slash pod24. rocketmoney.com slash pod24.